Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. It's always an honor to come across your airways and we're working our way through the book of Proverbs. So exciting talking to you. Uh, those of you who may have hurting hearts, hurting souls, and uh, just going through some junk. Maybe it's PTSD. Maybe you're helping folks along. Uh, Stephanie Wesco, my friends with me, you know, there's always something going on, Stephanie. Yes, indeed there is. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of pain in this world. And since the last time we recorded a podcast, I, I mean, a lot has went on. There's this thing going on over in Ukraine now and uh, the world just seems upside down and, uh, you know, so many different things are going on out there where we need to look to the Lord and seek his help. And, uh, it's just, just a, just a joy. So how is the weather out there in Indiana today? Well, it's beautiful. It's 36 degrees, but it feels warm because the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. It's, it's like they brought yesterday, you know, um, well, when we're recording this, yesterday was the first day of March. And so, yeah. um, and it, the birds were chirping yesterday, they're chirping this morning. And that gives you that, makes you smile when you go outside feeling when you hear the birds. Yeah. 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 It's 61 yeah. here. <laughs> so things are turning around. Hopefully we won't, you know, drop deck down below frozen and, you know, March usually around here brings spring in a month early than it does up where you guys are at. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, there was a couple cold walks this week where it was like 32 degrees, 30 degrees. And, you know, I tell you, in South Carolina, I think we're bargaining for a warmer temperature. I think that's what we need. And uh, let's just pray for that. Let's remember, folks, to pray for each other, especially those who have anything to do with uh, this freedom thing over there in Ukraine. And uh, let's do whatever we can to help these folks out through prayer. Um, you know, I, I tell you, folks, I spent some time in Ukraine training some folks on what religious looked like in our army, religious freedom. And uh, I was there right as they were transitioning, about 96, 97, they were transi transitioning from the Russian military to a total Ukrainian military. I actually put some pictures on my Facebook page yesterday. And uh, with the transition, you can see the Russian uniform on one or two of the people, and then the rest had Ukrainian uniforms. And they were trying to buy them and get them tailored and uh, turn their uniforms into Ukrainian uniforms. And it was such a great honor to be out there with those folks. I I just felt like they were people of honor. I felt like they were people of integrity. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember there was at least handfuls of people who accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, many of them officers, many of them pilots. And uh, I got to believe that these people, a lot of them are, if they're still in, uh, that would have been 15 years ago or something, no longer than that. Uh, if they're still in, they're high-ranking officers probably for the most part and leaders uh, in this invasion in Ukraine. So... We just got to remember that if when we think we have it bad, I got to thank God for what we have now. And uh, so here we are. Um, we're in the 
uh, we're in that spot. We were doing the negative thing. We're saying you might be a knucklehead if, and we went to the positive side where you might be right with God if, and, and, uh, I think being right with God, I've been thinking about, you know, what is the thing we say that would make you right with God? And as we went through that, and as we went through the previous week, I think we've, uh, we're at two weeks now, by the time you listen to that, of going to, you might be right with God if, and, uh, I, I think one of the ways you might be right with God and uh, I, I believe this with all my heart, is taking the time to pray for others and think about people like those folks in Ukraine and going out of your way. Just whenever you stop, if you stop for a meal, when, you're, when you wake up in the morning, whatever you're going through, take the time to say a prayer for those dear folks and uh, for this world and that even for these Russian folks, that, that God would do a work in their hearts. And I think that makes us right with God, praying for people who are really hurting right now. Uh, I think that maybe this uh, president over there, Putin, or uh, whatever role he holds over there, dictator, um, might be losing his mind a little bit. So let's make sure we're praying for everybody. Let's make sure we do that. That makes us right with God. And uh, and things that we want to say and do with people with PTSD, uh, I think it's about connections. We keep on talking about different ways to connect. Uh, I was able to have a meeting with some folks out in Bemidji, Minnesota. And by the way, that place is cold. Um, you think Indiana is cold. I mean, we were with wind chill, uh, dealing with the warmest day was 21 degrees below zero. That's just not normal. I mean, it was just ugly out there. That's how cold it was. So, um, let's, uh, let's just connect with people. So what do we say or do? Uh, just say, Hey, come on over. Uh, Let's go to church together. Let's have a meeting together. I actually was able to have a meeting with folks. Uh, a radio station takes a back room and has a men's meeting. It was really powerful. I was having, able to have a meeting at a couple churches. I was, I was able to have a meeting over at a university. So all those things are powerful, and those are great things we can do to connect with people. So that's things we say or do. And uh, Stephanie, exciting news. We're on Proverbs 14. The contrast between wisdom and folly is what I have at the top of my book from the cemetery. So from the cemetery, from the seminary, <laughs> from the seminary. Yeah. Well, some would call it the same thing, but it's not. The seminary was a great place. Uh, but I have this chapter written down as a contrast between wisdom and folly and uh, between right and wrong, between foolishness and wisdom, between uh, being a fool and being wise. And there's so much we see here. And I, I just want to hop in right away in, in uh, chapter 14 and in, in the book of Proverbs and uh, start right away in verse number one. It says, every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. A lot going on there, Stephanie. Again, we're right back to that Hebrew parallelism and that, that Hebrew poetry where there's this side or there's that side. And uh, coming right out, God gives us an example of a wise woman. And, uh, and then at the end of the verse, he talks about a foolish lady. Now, now what do you see in there? Well, this verse um, is a verse that my mom very much um, talked you know, she had seven daughters, and I remember this being a verse that both of my parents, but it was very, um, I'm so thankful my parents put an emphasis on this verse and um, with their daughters. And the fact that um, if every decision we make, you know, as a wife, as a mother, and, and yes, if you're just a daughter at home right now, no matter where you are as a, if you're single, you're, you're still creating building blocks for what you will be and do in your home someday. And so this verse 
is very powerful to me. It's very challenging um, because every woman is given that choice by God to be a wise woman or to be a foolish woman. And it goes right along with what Jesus said in Matthew 7 about the wise man building his house on the rock versus the foolish man building his house on the sand. And I think, you know, any person, you know, we, we look through life, God gives us people around us as examples. And I think of there's, there's specific women that I think of. We've all, we've all seen the foolish woman. Okay. They're very clear. They're very obvious. Um, but when I think of wise women, there are some people, um, I think of a couple ladies in my church. Um, I have been so blessed to have such incredible role models from my childhood, you know, the same ladies that I've watched and been able to watch their example from their childhood, from my childhood to now where, um, they're the older women still teaching me, whether it's directly or by their example, they're still teaching me. And they have set this pattern of being wise women who have built their house on the word of God, on truth. And it's interesting to me that all of those women have a similar package. They have a similar look. And I don't mean they all dress the same. I don't mean they're robots of each other. What I mean by that is every single one of those women, and some of those women have had families. Some of them never were able to have children. But those women set an example of a meek and quiet spirit. And when I, so when I think of a wise woman, there are certain characteristics that come to mind. And first of all, you know, Proverbs 31 Um, and when I think of building versus tearing down something that God always, and partly because of things I've been through in my life, but the main, one of the main ways that I see a wise woman versus a foolish woman is in her mouth. And the wise women that I have watched who have raised, um, their children who still love their husbands, who still fulfill what we see in the New Testament as being a godly wife. They have a meek and quiet spirit. They have a servant's heart. They have this incredible tender heart towards the Lord and his ways. Um, They would do anything. You know, some of these ladies are in their 60s, but when, when my basement flooded, they dropped everything to make and to schedule meals and to do anything they could to relieve my load. You know, I'm the young person, you know, I'm the young woman in comparison, but that's the sign to me. That's the sign of a wise woman. And with their mouth, they speak truth, but they speak it with love. And, you know, in Proverbs 31, God has um, increasingly, the longer I've been a mother, the longer I was a wife, he taught this to me, but, In Proverbs 31, God says that the virtuous woman, and the virtuous woman is a wise woman, that the law of kindness is in her tongue. In other words, everything that comes out of her mouth is governed by kindness. And um, we were just reading through as a family, um, reading through the passage in Ephesians 4 that talks about, um, that leads up to and be kind one to another. Okay, We we all know that verse. But that whole context is speech, and it had never occurred to me as strongly as it did the other day, that whole concept, again, of the law of kindness. And it's this should be for men, too, but since we're focusing on this verse, that, ladies, does the law of kindness, does a meek and quiet spirit rule yeah. our 
because and, and if it's not rolling in your heart and in your mind, what's it what's in your heart and mind will come out in your mouth. And so if you're a foolish woman, if you're loud and boisterous and everything that goes along with that, that's what's gonna come out in your words, in your mouth, in your tone, in your attitude. But that's not what a wise woman does. A wise woman builds her home with edification, with encouragement, with, yes, there may have to be rebukes. Anybody, anybody that has kids knows it's not, all, it's not all fun and roses. But if you haven't built your house on, a law, on the law of kindness, then when you give those rebukes, you're going to cause and provoke to anger. And so this is a big, this verse, this verse, you could write a series based on this verse, but um, again, like I said, this is a verse that I've, I've meditate on and I try to think about often because it's powerful. It's, it, it, it's saying to me that a, a wise woman or a foolish woman, they determine the course of their home in, in very many realms. And that's very serious. Yeah. And, and not just in that, which is awesome, not just in the way of the attitude and kindness, which is so godly and so important. But even down to the practical things of taking care of a home. And I remember years ago, I had went through a, um, a real estate course to learn how to be a realtor. And, uh, you know, there's no I in there, realtor. It's just realtor. But anyway, I always, I messed that up until I was like, I don't know, 48. But anyway, um, one of the things that they would talk about all the time is the shape the house was in, the furniture, how it looked, and uh, that the best sale was a sale of a house that was, you know, that had someone in there that decorated and made sure everything was covered and made sure the kids took care of their room and, and made sure. And, and, you know, it seems like, and I know men do that as well, but it seems like that role has really made a difference in keeping houses clean and selling houses. It was a big deal. You know, people would say, and, and the, you know, the lady, the lady of the house, uh, Boy, she can make a $10,000 difference on the sale of a house. And uh, men can do that too, I know, but I'm just saying that's a big part of it. And then, the, you know, the foolish side is somebody who doesn't take care of those things, somebody who's not kind, somebody who's the opposite of what Stephanie was just talking about there. And, uh, you know, it, it just wasting things, just being a lover of pleasures and not worrying about things, not worrying about how the house as an attitude or kindness or from a biblical perspective is going. You're throwing a little bit of weird sounds our way, Stephanie. I'm not sure why today. Huh. But uh, you got a little bit I, of squeaking coming in over here, and I'm not sure why that's coming in. It's like uh, I'm not, I'm not moving, so it must be something in the in between, in between zones. Yeah, every once in a while we're getting this like chirp, but anyway. Huh. Uh, no, I have I have do not disturb on, and my phone's sitting here. So. Yeah. It's the airways, and uh, uh, <laughs> but anyway, folks, it, you know this verse is is a great look at what God has for us, both as men and women. And I think really, you know, that lady's role of being kind, of bringing kindness to her family, as Stephanie was talking about, of bringing that godliness to the family, of taking care of that home. Of And I, I know your mom ran a tight ship where you, where you guys grew up, and uh, I guarantee that. I guarantee. Well, she, yes, but I think that all, I agree. I think a truly wise woman is seeking to honor and glorify the Lord in all she does. Exactly. So I, you know, the, my parents, uh, one of the first verses they taught us when we were kids was 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do, do all. all the glory of God. And so that will be the preface of a wise woman's life is everything I'm doing. Is it glorifying the Lord? And that will change the course of a home. 
It will. And, you know, folks, it comes down to, am I bringing glory to God with my actions? Am I Mm -hmm. doing things? Am I saying things? Am I working on things that bring glory and honor to God? And with that, let's look at verse 2. I think we can squeeze in verse 2 today. And it says, He that walketh in the uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despise him. Uh, so right away, we got that parallelism and that, the difference on what's going on. It's, it's talking about that person that walks upright, that understands, uh, you know, what God is, that, uh, you know, wants to have that godly heritage, do the right things. And, and, and then we have that perverse person that despises God. That's what it's talking about there. It's a disobedient person. It, it's a person that displays sinfulness, I think, and weakness and all this rebellion against God. And I mean, you're looking at this, Stephanie, and what's coming to your mind as you look at 14.2? Well, I, I think there's a sense in which two and three kind of flow together. Um, because we get a good example at the beginning of verse three of what God's talking about the end of verse two. Um, but the idea of we're all on a journey and, you know, we say that a lot. We're on a journey of healing. We're on a journey of whatever, but it's real. Uh, yeah, it's true. That yeah. Needs to become this freaky, weird, magical, whatever. But in, in reality, God compares Um, he compares the Christian life to a journey. I think of, of, um, Pilgrim's progress and John Bunyan's allegory there. And, and the whole, the whole preface of that is the Christian life being a journey. And are we walking on that journey in our uprightness? And, and I think that there's an important thing to realize here that I think it's not, we have no righteousness. We have no uprightness in and of ourselves. Okay, and so when it says this, what it tells me is this is a person who is making the only way we have any uprightness is is Jesus Christ in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so is our is our walk. Is it led by is it guided by is it controlled by Jesus Christ? Because that's what makes us upright. If our flesh is controlling us. No matter what we think we're doing, if our flesh is in control, and this makes me want to weep because I think of all the times I've been in my flesh, um, but if we're, if we're functioning in our flesh, whether or not we think we're doing something godly, we're perverse in our ways. Yeah, yeah. And so that idea of a brightness is powerful there because that's what indicates you have a true fear of God is that dependence on him for daily enablement to do every single thing. It's a decision. You know, when we get saved, when we accept God's plan for our life, and this is so hard, you know, especially when we're going through the trials of life, the hurts of life, and, you know, going through the PTSD, going through this, going through that. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we can, if we're not careful, we can just throw caution to the wind and say, man, you know, it's just not worth it all. Well, stop that. We've got an opportunity here to walk upright with God. We got an opportunity to put all those things that were in our past that were, you know, before we came under the blood of Jesus Christ. We now have this wonderful opportunity, uh, you know, to to be in Christian obedience, to be serving God, to be loving Him, and uh, or 
you know, the other side of that, what you were just talking about, Stephanie, we got an opportunity to be per- perverse and, uh, and God despises that and, and God hates that. And it's, you know, this display of sinfulness and, you know, not only to me, it's not only a display of sinfulness, but it comes down to the character of an individual, Stephanie, you know, the character of an individual, it, it really shows a weakness, if we're Christians, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have everything we need. We have everything within us to do what we've got to get done. And uh, and so it's very sad for us to go down a different road, to still be living there. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again because I think it fits here, is the most miserable people in the world are those people who've accepted Christ and are living outside of his will. In other words, they're living a perverse life. They're, uh, they're living a life that seems like they despise. God and they're miserable because you're not going to be right with God. You're not going to uh, you're not going to be sensing the Holy Spirit doing a work in you. You're going to be, you know, what happens is when we when we're perverse, when we get outside of God's will for our life. There's only two sides to this whole life. There's an evil side and there's a great side. Uh, there's a godly side. There's a, and and we got to make that choice. And I think that's what this verse is getting at. So it, it's being quite frank. You want to be upright. Well, serve the Lord in an upright way. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to you want to do what's right. Well, serve the Lord. Throw away those past habits. Uh, pull out your Bible, read it in the morning. Do what's right. Follow God. Trust God. Step out with God. That's what that's all about. But if you're not doing that, uh, and you're doing perverse things, uh, the Bible's pretty clear that we're despising God and, and despising His authority and despising His reign over our lives. And you know, we th- I think about that. I was reading Luke. Uh, I think chapter 19. I won't get into it today, but again, talking about this rebellion against God and not doing the right thing. And I think that's what this is talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, yeah, rebellion is a good way to put it. Um, and, and God's constantly challenging me with, um, my dad's preaching through Jeremiah and we were just going over the passage in Jeremiah, um, is it 16 or 17? But anyway, where the verse is that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And we don't know our own hearts. Yeah. We, we don't know the level of depravity. You know, there's times I have thoughts go through my mind that remind me how depraved my human nature is without Jesus Christ controlling me. And I am perverse. Every single human being out there without Jesus Christ, his influence, his changing power, yeah. we are perverse in and of ourselves. We are desperately wicked. And so that idea. Unrighteous. Yeah. There are non righteous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the bottom line is here without Jesus Christ enabling work, yes, there are good people out there that do not know him as their savior, but they have a fear of him. And so that fearing God makes a massive difference. But at the same time, we're all rebels apart from Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that rebellion is stuck in us because we're stuck in, we're stuck in in the flesh in terms of physically. And so we battle, Paul talked about that in Romans of, of a wretched man that I am. Um, He knew, he knew that in and of himself, that nothing dwelled in him that was good except Jesus Christ. And so if we remember that it alone, I know with me, it kind of makes me, it's like, Oh wow. I am such a proud fool because this isn't about me. You know, God brings you those points again where he reminds you, you're nothing. Yeah. I'm 
everything. Without me, you are nothing. And Jesus said that to his disciples, without me, ye can do nothing. And so remembering that throughout our lives, it will change. Yeah. It'll change some of that perverseness because it leaves us in that place of humility saying, God, truly, without you, I, I am a fool. Without you, I am perverse. And so, we, you know, it should make us cry out with David, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me that we're constantly seeking the Lord and begging him to change us, to make us what he wants us to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and there it is right there. This is how we wrap this thing up is you got a choice, folks. And, uh, you know, through the mist of the hurt, through the mist of the craziness, through the mist of the PTSD life, through the mist of just trying to get through Ukraine being attacked, the world going upside down, you have a choice. And you have everything you need to follow God in an upright way. And we live in a world where people are going down the wrong road. So get on the right road. And uh, uh, again, we're just honored and thrilled to have you on. And in a second, Brother Eric's going to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to make sure that every one of you know for sure you're going to heaven. So listen to every word. If we can do anything to help you, make sure you find us on Help for Wounded Spirits. Help for Wounded Spirits. Now, if my calculations are right, this should be the last uh uh, broadcast that you're going to hear prior to us having a camp in Louisiana. So uh, make sure you go out to woundedspirits.com if you want to be part of our PTSD camp at Southland Christian Camp, or give us a shout and we'll see what we can do to get you there. May the Lord bless you. We look forward to talking to you real soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.